Welcome to the Give This Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Kai. This podcast is sponsored by the GPS Island Program, which Forbes has stated helps entrepreneurs become professional speakers. For more information, go to ChristopherKai.com. Our guest today is Eliza Van Court. She's a speaker, author, and teacher. Eliza, welcome to our show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. So I see that you have a lot of things going on. You focus on workplace communications and presentations. You work with underrepresented groups as well as in the STEM area. There's a lot going on. So first of all, when did you realize that you had a gift to communicate and to present well? Um, well, I've been in two different professions throughout my life and, and I've had two focuses. One is I've been in the arts. So I went to school for acting in New York, but also in my undergrad, I went for political science and I even interned at the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee. And believe it or not, both of those things have to do with the intersection of how the way you present and communicate affects how your message is received. And so it's been, one is more about how your demographics intersect with the people you're talking to and then how they treat you because of that demographic and vice versa. And the other is how does your physicality and voice change? And they, and all, and those two things intersect. So I've been in the arts my whole life and I ended up opening an acting studio about 20 years ago in a town that is a college town that really doesn't have a market for actors. So people thought it was insane. <laughs> And, um, but what happened was people started asking me to help them with their communication outside of class. So they would say, hey, can you help me? I'm doing a job interview, or can you help me? I'm giving a talk, or I need help constructing this email because they knew I could write. Anything that had to do with getting your content and presenting it well. And so the next thing I knew, I was spending a ton of time doing that, and eventually I monetized it. As you should. <laughs> What, what shocks and, and it constantly surprises me at the highest levels of, of business and commerce where so many people, including some of the top entrepreneurs in the world, don't speak well. And it, it confounds me because you would think simple things like us and ums or just having a clear, concise way to speak, you would think everyone should know. But frankly, again, they don't teach us in school. So when I talk about how to build confidence, I always say, take an acting class or a public speaking class, because it really builds a deep level of confidence. Because again, if you're able to communicate well in writing, in verbally, uh, it's just a, an amazing tool to have because it's almost like a superpower. So for you, I see that you wrote this book that's coming out. It's called A Woman's Guide to Cleaning Space. Stand tall, raise your voice, and be heard. Yeah. What, what inspired you to write that book specifically for women? Well, um, <laughs> there are many things that inspired that book. The first thing is my life story. The second thing is my clients. The third thing is my love of political science and acting and the way they intersect and wanting to share what I've learned. And the final thing, which is probably the funniest thing, is that whenever I give talks, I tell the people organizing it, listen, you're gonna wanna make Q&A go on for a very, very long time. And <laughs> quite believe me. And we always end up going in the hallway and then I go to the bathroom. And that's when the women follow me to the bathroom <laughs> and we have, I'm washing my hands and some woman comes up to me and says, I didn't want to say this in Q&A, but I have a question. And so then we end up, and then another woman comes, washes her hands. And the next thing I know, I'm doing another seminar in the bathroom. So I almost called the book Conversations in the Bathroom, but my publisher didn't think that was a great idea. But, but yeah. 
me what I was thinking was, you know, there are all these questions that women want to ask. And for the most part, they're not that comfortable asking them. And what if we took these conversations that are happening in the bathroom, the safety of the bathroom, where there aren't men around, and get these questions and put them out there and answer them, take them into the sunlight. And so that was my goal is to take the conversations in the bathroom and the private conversations with my parents <laughs> and bring them into the sunlight. See, I'm laughing, uh, Eliza, because again, that's how men and women are so different because again, guys don't really have conversations in the bathroom <laughs> and they don't even have to ask questions sometimes. You know, that's the funny thing. But, uh, and that's the beauty of being both a man and a woman. Again, we all have different perspectives and, and how we process things. So talk about the whole stand tall, raise your voice. So do you feel that some women don't raise their voices or they're not standing tall or they're not heard? Well, yeah, oh, absolutely, absolutely. And actually in the book, I have five rubrics on how to claim space. And I, um, and so well, there- first, define space. When you say claiming space, define that. <laughs> well, claiming space is really, um, claiming space basically means being your full actualized self, not making yourself small because of a circumstance or because of another human being. That's very defined. <laughs> so <laughs> talk to us about some of your clients now in terms of the ones that you've helped and kind of just walk us through some of the tools and, and, and advice you've been able to help them with so they can transform their lives and, and, and again, have them clean their own space. Well, um, I work with different people in different professions. I mean, the beauty of what I do is everybody needs to communicate better. So I, for the most part, I don't have one demographic. I will say, that white corporate men tend to not need my services as much because they face less barriers to overcome, period. And you know, the way I talk about sales and you know, communication is a sale and the best sale is an authentic and honest sale, is if you walk into a showroom and the floor is dirty, you have a barrier to overcome. Well, if you are a black person, you all, that is a barrier that you have to overcome for many people because of implicit bias. And so I do a lot of work with people who have some sort of barrier, which is most of the population because I, I also deal with introverted white men. So extroverted white men tend to be fine. Everybody else usually has some sort of hurdle and that's how I work. Interesting. And, and talk to us about, again, an example of a client you've worked with and, and kind of walk us through how you, you were able to help him or her. Well, um, I can give you, I mean, there's so many different things that I do. So I've worked- what One thing. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what, what the most uh, kind of fascinating, I'll give you the most fascinating example. The one that I like the most is when people, when I have women or someone of a similar demographic who are fighting each other in the office and it's making their experience miserable and they're not able to ascend as much. And they often come to me and say, I don't know what's going on. This person is being so horrible to me. And I've actually figured out a strategy over the years and a reason for why this is happening. And I call it the scarcity myth, although it's not that much of a myth, which is that um, often if you are in a group that has not traditionally been in a position of power, you feel subconsciously because of historic memory and often because of reality that one group that if somebody like you comes into a position of power you will have to leave and so you will then attack that person or if you're going if you're moving up an organization you might attack the person who is a lot like you so one example i had is i worked with a lawyer who had just hired and she's asian and she had just hired a young woman who was asian 
And they, the woman almost immediately, she was, a, the woman I was working with was a partner. And the young woman almost immediately started going after her and she couldn't believe it. And it was making her entire experience miserable at work. And so I said to her, I'll call her Jane. I said, Jane, you know, is this woman uh, younger than you? Is she Asian? Is she, and I kind of described her and my client said, how could you possibly know that? And I said, well, you know, there's a feeling of scarcity that can happen and that, and that scarcity can end up making people go after each other. And what ends up happening, of course, is everybody else who's not in a scarce position is linking arms, networking and hiring each other and promoting each other. So why don't you bring her into your office and say to her, listen, here's what I want, you know, you and I are similar. We're both dealing with a lot of the same issues. What I think that we got off on the wrong foot. I want to help you. I want to promote you and basically allay all of her fears. And um, they talked for about 45 minutes. They did not leave best friends, but very slowly over the next several months, they became close and eventually they started to be the best of allies. And now they are working to get more people of color and white women into the firm together. And so a lot of times when people are going after each other, it's this feeling, it's because of the historic memory. And so I work a lot with that. And then I work with people who are doing public speaking. I work with politicians on presentation. And I work with people who can't get hired in their jobs, who really want to move up the ladder and are just not getting hired. And there's so much research behind how to get, some, how to make sure you present yourself the best in an, in an interview. And so I do a lot of work with that as well. But I would say if I'm going to be more global in my, the work I do and I love the most is it's my keynotes and my seminars that are really, um, I do a lot of private coaching, but my keynotes and seminars are my bread and butter. That's great, Eliza. What's one thing you feel we can all do each day to be better communicators? Um, well, I think there are actually two things. <laughs> Not gonna say one. One is really learn to pay attention to micro behaviors of the person you're talking to. Uh, most of the time we work to not see that. And, we, and the more you really attend to that, the more you will be able to know how you are feeling. And that's the other piece is how is the person making you feel? If you are aware of your own emotional life, you'll be more tuned into the other person's emotional life. And if you're more tuned into the other person's micro expressions, you'll be able to check in with yourself on how you feel. And knowing the emotional state of both parties in a communication is the bedrock of the beginning of the communication. That's great advice. How can our guests stay in touch with you? Uh, they can get in touch with me through elizavancourt.com. That's E-L-I-Z-A-V-A-N-C-O-R-T. No you in court. Everybody will do you in there. No you. <laughs> elizavancourt.com. And if you want, I can give you my five tips for claiming space to leave people with because I think that's, uh, that's key. Great. Well, Eliza, thanks so much for your time. Have a great day. Oh, okay. We're not going to do that? Okay. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. We don't have time, unfortunately, but yeah. Okay, okay. But that's where they have to come to meet you and, and connect with you to get those. So thanks again for your time, Eliza. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I really, really, really appreciate it. You're going to cut out that last part though, right? <laughs> Please say. Thank you for listening to our Gifters podcast. If you want to turn your story into a successful speaking or coaching business, go to ChristopherKai.com for details.